Well, if you're listening on the podcast, you, you missed the chance to hear the reggae Bob Marley version of Here I Am to Worship. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Um, well, we are week two in the middle of a series about worship. Shane kicked things off for us last Sunday. Um, we're calling this Worship Together. And uh, last week, we, I'm glad we didn't start with music. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about what it means to worship God when we come together and sing songs. But I'm glad last week was not about that because really worship is so much bigger than singing. Uh, oftentimes we use in our you know, our vernacular, our language, you know, let's go to worship today or uh, let's get ready to worship. And what we mean is we, let's get ready to sing songs. But really worship is so much bigger than that. And Shane talked about that last week in Romans 12, that our lives, when we change our mindset about Christ and we live our lives as a sacrifice for other people and for God himself, that is worship. Just living our lives on a daily basis is worship to him. But today we are going to talk about singing. Um, Shane asked me to go ahead and speak on that. He thought I would know a thing or two about worship and singing, um, and I, I said, I'll, I'll do my best. So uh, he actually was intending to be here this morning, and then something came up. Uh, I think one of his uh, kids, I think Elijah, is, is playing in a tournament or something like that, and he kind of wanted to be there. So I said, that's fine. I got the message, and you can just go and do your family stuff. So um, we're going to talk about how singing fits into worship, this idea of worship that Shane started us out on last week. So we're going to look at two passages. If you want to turn in your Bible to Ephesians 5 is where we're going to be for the most part of the morning, and then we'll talk about Colossians 3 towards the end. We will have the verses up on the screen behind me, and if you've been around Crosspoint for any length of time, which I see most of you have been, uh, you know we have a, a live event in the Version app. Uh, I put it in there this week, so hopefully it's there, <laughs> and uh, all the verses will be in there. Uh, what's cool about the, the Version live event is that you'll get the verses that we're talking about this morning, but you'll also get some additional uh, scriptures that we won't talk about this morning and some additional discussion questions, which will help you further the conversation this week with your family, your friends, your small group, uh, however you're doing that. So uh, Ephesians 5, let's go ahead and read that together. This is a great continuation point from last Sunday. Um, Ephesians 5, the, the whole, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but the, uh, in the context of the chapter, Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus and saying that I want you to be walking in the light. I want you to be uh, a daily, your life should be a daily worship uh, to God. And then he talks about, he does talk about singing in the middle of it. So let's uh, pick it up at verse 15, Ephesians 5:15. It says, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the, the Lord's will is. Now here, I want to pause just for a second. We'll get to the music stuff here in a, in a moment. But um, he says, make the most of your time. Make the most of the time that you have here on earth. Um, that's something that um, maybe some of us think about more than others, but we have a certain number of finite days on this earth. Uh, think of it like a jar just full of marbles. Every day we take a marble out of the jar, and we, and we have a certain number of marbles left. And Paul's saying, look, life is precious. You have one life to live on this earth, and then you'll spend eternity somewhere after this, after this life. But make the most of the time that you have. Um, think about every day as precious, something that you can use for the kingdom of God. And then he's going to go on and, and talk about some things, some practical things of ways to do that. So in verse 18, he says, uh, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. I, I wanted to pause here just for a second as well. Um, it, it actually, this actually correlates to what we're talking about, worship and music. Ve 
a lot, and it's really the second half of it, but I wanted to touch this on the drunk with wine. I think coming out of the context of verses 15 through 17, what Paul is saying is, look, um, getting drunk with alcohol, there's a lot of reasons why that's not a, a wise thing. And not a wise, you know, he says, live as wise, not as unwise. That's not a wise thing. But I think it's in the context in this passage of it's not a good use of your time. Um, if we're making the most of our time, um, why would we? Why would we want to s- spend our time getting inebriated? Not ourselves, you know. Um, wine, alcohol has a sense of um, look. I I've been drunk twice in my life. Okay, so twice was enough, um, and it was when I was younger, college days and stuff like that. Um, I never want to do that again. <laughs> it was a horrible, horrible experience the next morning. So, um, uh, but I know that getting drunk, like. Um, alcohol will is a downer of a drug, right? It, it reduces your uh, inhibitions. It makes you um, less likely to make good decisions. You're slower. Um, and what Paul is saying is that um, instead of doing that, get filled with the Spirit. The Spirit is an upper. Um, there's a better drug out there um, that, that is the Holy Spirit. He, if, when we fill our lives with the Holy Spirit, um, He makes uh, us more able to do things that we couldn't do otherwise, that He gives us joy. He fills us with um, stamina and excitement for life. He says, don't, don't spend your time getting drunk on alcohol, which will bring you down. Be filled with the Spirit, which will bring you up. And then He says this about music. In verse 19, He says, You should be speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. There's a few things I want to pull out of this passage. This is, this, you have to understand these verses in the context of what we just read in verse 18. He says that we are filled with the Spirit. And then he goes right into that, right after that, and says, Therefore, sing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Music itself is something that breathes life into us. And when, God, when Paul is saying, be filled with the Spirit and then sing, what he's saying is the Spirit will fill you with that life. It will fill you with that joy. Um, the gift of the Spirit does that for us, and it makes us want to sing. That's the, a natural outpouring of that joy. And I was talking to Shane about it this week, and um, I thought, you know, it really is kind of a cyclical thing, though, because I think music itself fills us with joy. It fills us with the Spirit as well. So if you think of it this way, when we sing songs on Sunday morning or you sing songs in your car throughout the week or whatever, that fills you with the Spirit. Um, Those worship songs fill you with the Spirit. And then as you're filled with the Spirit, it makes you want to sing. And then as you sing, you're filled with the Spirit, and then it makes you want to sing. And that just goes over and over and over again. So um, music has a way of doing that, even if it's not Christian music, even if it's not worship music, it fills us with joy. Um, we've all had that experience of grabbing the comb in the, in the bathroom and singing along with whatever pop songs on the radio. Um, my daughter, uh, we've been watching Jordan enjoy music. Uh, she's five and a half months, almost six months old. And even when she was a couple months old, it did, again, this is not worship music, just normal songs, um, but, you know, kid songs that we play for her um, or sing to her. And it will completely fundamentally change her mood, like in a second. She could be crying, wailing, just throwing a fit. And then we sing, she has two favorite songs. She, she loves If You're Happy and You Know It, and she loves the Apples and Bananas song. If you're a parent, you know the Apples and Bananas song. Um, she, those are her two favorite songs. So I have actually seen Jessica, and we'll sing them, oftentimes just sing them to her a cappella, just sing it with our voices, not playing anything. Um, and 
she has sung the first two notes of If You're Happy and You Know It, and she immediately changes her mood. She goes from crying to just like, she just stops and just looks right at Jessica like, are you going to sing? Um, she'll, she'll just go, if you're, and then she's like immediately like, whoa, you know, what's going on? Someone's going to sing. Music, that's, that's something that God, a way that God has created music for us. Um, I think it's one of the th- ways that, um, for me at least, that proves that there's an existence of a God, of a creator God, um, that this, this, all this world didn't happen by chance. It's not evolution. Um, evolution can't explain music. It can't explain art and the way that it changes the way we feel. And uh, God has given that as common grace to everyone, um, not just Christians. So songs change our emotions and our hearts, and they fill us with joy. Um, it's simply how God has wired our brains. We're filled with joy when we sing, and scientists are only be- beginning to understand why. Um, but it's not just about being filled with the Spirit. The second thing I want to pull out of the passage was, um, towards the end of the passage, he says, giving thanks, giving thanks to God um, with your hearts, from your hearts. So, Throughout the Bible, um, the, the word talks about giving thanks to God. And oftentimes, almost always, that giving thanks is directly tied to singing. When you see people giving thanks to God, uh, giving thanks to God is tied directly to singing uh, throughout the Bible. And we see that here as well. Um, sure, you can give thanks to God just you know, by saying it uh, during your prayer time. Hey, thanks God for giving me this or doing that for me uh, or helping that person. Um, but there's something, isn't there something special when we come together and we sing our thanks? I think singing our thanks um, is more powerful uh, to us. I think God loves it um, when we sing those songs together. Um, you, when we come together here in this place, you, you want to give God thanks for something. I want to give God for so- thanks for something different. She wants to give God for thanks uh, for something. He wants to give thanks to God for something. And then we all come together and we sing thanks to God together with one voice, one song. There's something special and powerful about that moment of just lifting our voices and singing to him, giving thanks to him. Um, the band, you know, when we practice songs and select new songs for, for you guys to teach you guys and to ha- have you guys worship with us, we are always thinking about songs on the, based on their lyrics first. Um, we like melodies and chords and all the, the fun music stuff, but um, we want the, the words of the songs to be thankful songs, songs that are filled with scripture, songs that maybe aren't maybe directly from scripture. A lot of the songs we sing are, um, but something that somebody wrote nowadays that is just thanking God and just giving him the glory and the praise, and that's, that's what we want to do. And lastly, from this passage, what Paul um, it's in the context of the passage. Towards the, um, there's actually two times in the passage where he makes mention that this is a social event, that worship, when we sing together, that it's a social event, when we get together as a body of, of, of people, not just one person singing. Um, and at one point he says, speaking to one another in songs. I want you to, to it, Shane was talking to me this week. He's like, do you think that's like a musical, like a live musical? Like we're all just walking around just singing to one another. I said, no, it's probably not La La Land or any of those musicals. But, um, uh, you know, but we are singing to one another uh, in, in this room. It's a, it's a vulnerable experience. Um, you know, um, it, we have some people that lead and some people that don't. <laughs> some people give a, a joyful noise to, the, to God um, and, and some people lead in worship. But we all sing together and we're singing to one another. And then towards the end of the passage, he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, this is, um, when he says sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, he has specifically in mind that we do this as a body, that we do this as a group of people. Now, that's not to say that you can't pull up 
you know, it's so easy these days. Um, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, there's all kinds of ways that you can fill your days, um, whether you're in your car or just listening to music at home. Um, you can find worship music often for free. I mean, Spotify is just free streaming service. They throw in a, a, an ad every so often. Um, Christian radio, there's all kinds of ways to worship God throughout the week. And he's not saying that's a bad thing. He's just saying when we come together, we have to sing together. Um, we have to sing the songs of thanks as a body of Christ. Um, and uh, specifically, I think that is designed to strengthen the body. We'll talk about that a little towards the end of the message. But we are strengthened as a body of believers when we agree together in song, lifting one uh, voice to God. Um, the proclaimed word on Sunday mornings, what I'm doing now, um, what you do in your quiet time when you're reading the Bible, that's powerful. Um, the word of God is living and active and it has power in our lives. But let's face it, on Sunday mornings, it's not very interactive. I'm, for the most part, I'm just talking at you. You're listening to me, uh, maybe jotting down a note or two or just listening. But it's not very interactive. The songs, the, the songs that we sing together is the interactive part of the service for you. That's the way that you get involved in worshiping God. Um, and so that's, that's, what, that's why we do it. Um, let's look at Colossians 3. Um, we're going to just look at this. Um, I'll just read th- all the way through the passage, and then I want to pull one thing out of it um, here this morning before um, I just give some kind of some, some concluding statements. But um, Colossians three thirteen through 16 is what we're going to read next. Ephesians and Colossians, the, these two passages in the New Testament, there's only two passages in the New Testament where the Bible specifically commands us to sing, um, and we're looking at both of them this morning. The Colossians 3 passage is very, very similar to the Ephesians 5 passage. You'll see a lot of the same themes. Um, God um, is writing through Paul to a different group of people, but he wants them to know the same things. And so that's powerful to me um, that he's speaking to multiple churches all across the world and saying the same thing to all of them. So in Colossians 3, um, we'll read it and pull out a couple different things that we didn't get from Ephesians. In uh, 3.13 it says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves in love, with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And I love that word harmony. We're going to come back to that here in a second. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. There's that thankful peace again that we just looked at in Ephesians. Uh, Verse 16, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. And I believe this last passage is, is saying this is how it's done. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. There's the thankful piece again. Um, so let the message about Christ fill your lives. Teach each other. And, and I, uh, the way I want you to do this is by singing songs together. Teach each other through songs. Um, I do find it interesting that the word harmony is used here, and I think that's specifically on purpose. I think Paul knew exactly what he was saying and what he was doing when he gave that analogy. Um, he is, of course, as you read the passage, you can see for the most part he's not talking about music. He's talking about how we relate to one another. Um, clothe, your, clothe, clothe yourselves with love. Um, treat each other with respect. Um, you know, do all these things when you come together. And he says, live in perfect harmony with one another. Um, I asked uh, Amanda to come up and, and help me kind of illustrate this. We're going to sing um, just a few bars of a song that we've sung a lot here called Love Came Down. And the first time that we're going to sing it, we're going to sing not in harmony. We're going to sing, um, go ahead and come up, um, go ahead and grab that mic there. Um, 
we're going to sing in unison. So that means we're singing the same note. Uh, we are singing an octave apart, but we're going to sing the same note at the same time. And then the second time, we're going to sing in harmony together. And Paul is talking specifically about what harmony means in the context of how we relate to each other. So um, I'm going to uh, turn my mic off and, and sing, uh, go over to this mic over here. I want you to tell me which, uh, what's different about the two songs. So when, when, we, when we sing it, the, we're singing the same song, but we're singing it in different ways. And I want you to t- kind of tell me what, how you feel like it's different. So. Okay, love came down. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. That was unison. Now we're going to sing in harmony, okay? Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Okay, so, I mean, this is the interactive. This actually is an interactive part of the message. Um, what, what's different about those two versions as you heard that? The unison version was the first version and the harmony version. How would you describe the difference between those two? What comes to your mind? Richer, okay. Uh-oh. So we got richer twice. What else? What else comes to mind? Powerful, okay. Which is interesting because we're no longer singing the same note. You would think that when we're singing the same note at the same time, it would be more powerful because we're both joining together. But when we split and sing separate things, it actually becomes more powerful, not less. Complimentary. Complimentary? Okay. Deeper emotionally. Yeah, the emotions kind of kick in a little bit. Those are, all, those are all great. So Paul had all that in mind when he was talking about uh, live in perfect harmony with one another. Um, even though, uh, think about it this way, even though you and I live different lives, we sing different notes with our lives, okay? So you sing one note, I sing a different note. Um, we, God doesn't expect us to be uh, similar. If we were all the same, life would be boring, church would be boring, there's so much that wouldn't get done, the kingdom of God wouldn't progress. Um, he wants us to live different lives, but when those lives come together and as one body, he wants us to live in harmony with one another. It'd be so easy for us to uh, fight and struggle and disagree, but God says uh, live in harmony with one another, and he's using the analogy of music uh, to teach us about that. So, um, so what I, I feel like what we can get out of that passage is that harmony strengthens the church. It binds the church up in unity. Um, when we live in harmony with one another, and, and I think music even uh, reminds us of that, whether you think about it when you come together and sing songs together or not, I think when we sing songs together, it is subliminally, uh, subjectively, just kind of under our consciousness, teaching us that we can come together, sing different notes, sing different things with our lives, and we can still make one powerful, uh, rich, song together, um, not just through music, but also through our lives. So um, it reminds us, music reminds us to live in harmony together. So I'm just going to close with just a few things. Um, These are the things that I want you to leave with this morning. I think um, if you remember anything uh, this morning, I want you to remember these three things. We're going to throw them up on the screen. Um, These are just simply some reasons why we sing. Why do we sing when we get together? um, The first thing is something we haven't talked about yet in the last two we talked about earlier in the message. So um, the first one actually is from Colossians 3.16, and that's that songs remind us of the, uh, of the truths about God 
and help us retain the information. Um, we didn't talk about this when we read Colossians 3 a second ago. I thought I'd just put it here at the end. But um, Colossians 3.16 says, let the message of Christ dwell within you richly. Um, what's one of the best ways that we can do that is to sing songs that remind us about the truths about Christ. You could not tell me anything about the War of 1812, probably, unless you just graduated from high school or college. All right, it happened, so part of it, yes, 1812. Um, uh, However, you could probably recite for me hundreds, if not thousands, of songs from the 80s, 90s, and today because they are uh, melodic, they are mnemonic, they get into our consciousness, and they, they reside there, and they, they have a grip on our minds. Um, last week, Shane talked about how our mindset needs to be that of Christ. We need to be living our lives um, as a living sacrifice for Christ because our, our minds are informing our lives. But I think that we need music to remind us of the things of Christ. We remember things when we sing them, and so I think that's one of the main reasons we sing. Number two, songs have a way of directing our hearts and changing our emotions to be more in line with the, rea- the reality that we already know in our heads. Again, last Sunday we talked about get our heads straight, get our minds straight with Christ. But I don't know about you, but reading the Bible or listening to a message, it doesn't always resonate with my heart. It doesn't always resonate with my emotions. I don't always walk out. If, the, if we ended with a message and we didn't sing, that's why a big reason why we sing songs after the message. We want to engage your heart, not just your minds. Um, the mind is powerful. The mind informs our actions. But our heart is what gives us that, that oomph, that, that gusto, that, that let, let me go out and actually do, get done what I know my mind wants me to do. So if you want to connect to your mind and your heart, sing. So just sing music um, together, worship music, thankful hearts um, kind of music. Um, we need music to connect our minds and our hearts. And then lastly, um, singing promotes harmony and unity in the church. We looked at that. Remember the, the demonstration that Amanda did, um, Amanda and I did this, this morning. Remember that this week, that harmony promotes unity uh, and, and harmony within the church. When we sing together, we sing with one voice collectively together, um, but it also is an analogy, a, a metaphor for how we need to live our lives with one another, with one another um, singing uh, one powerful voice, one powerful song together. So um, obviously, if you've been at Crosspoint before, you know that what's happening next is we're going to do that. We're going to sing together. We're going to sing three more songs together, uh, worship God with our, with our thankful hearts. Um, I encourage you, um, maybe um, it's, singing isn't something you like to do, or um, maybe it's something that you haven't done in a while. Um, I encourage you just to, just to get, put, put yourself out there, be vulnerable this morning, uh, sing, sing these songs uh, with us. We want to sing together and, and be one uh, together as we sing these songs. So um, the band's going to come up. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then um, let's sing together. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for music. It's such a powerful, powerful gift. It's that common grace that you give all people, not just Christians. Um, you don't have to be a Christian to enjoy music. Um, however, it is something that can be used, um, that the body of Christ can use to uh, strengthen the body. It can be used to um, uh, unify our voices. Um, we come into this place on Sunday mornings with so many different things, um, but uh, music kind of collectively brings us together, and that's why I love it. Um, Lord, as we sing a few more songs together uh, here this morning, I pray that you would just fill our hearts with song. You would change our emotions, whatever we walked in with this morning um, that would be negative or not of you. We would shed that um, and just um, o- open our mouths, open our hearts, and uh, lift our hands to you in worship. 
We love you, and we thank you so much for being here with us, and uh, just be glorified in this place. In your name I pray, amen. Um, go ahead and stand with me. If you uh, would like to pray with somebody, maybe you feel like um, your heart's just not been there. It's not been there for singing, uh, for worship for a while or just recently, and you just want to pray with somebody to um, help kind of kick that back into gear. Um, Paul is in the back. Um, Shelly, I believe, will be in the back um, if you want to speak with a woman, but uh, we would love to pray, pray with you and help you um, get that heart of worship back. So let's sing together. <laughs>